Good morning, everybody. It's Marcus with the Morning Meeting Podcast again. Henry in transit at the moment, coming back from Melbourne. So you have me, Tootsell, once again. I will be on holiday tomorrow, and for the next week, I leave you in the hands of the Marcus Today team. This is general advice only, if it's advice at all. It's certainly not advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. Right, all a bit ugly. It's not really ugly. It's just not going up today. Down 54. The Dow Jones overnight down 100 points and the S&P 500 which is up 3.8% in two days down 0.7% so just a little bit of sobering up going on today. Our futures this morning were down 47 which followed a 24 point rise in the All Lords yesterday and we are down 52. We've been down 70 low volume again and we're off the bottom so looking okay. Dow Jones futures not doing anything at the moment up 9 points. Problem at the moment is the US bond yield going up again. It was up overnight and the Aussie 10-year bond yield up 10 basis points today, 11 basis points on the two-year. Not what we want to see at the moment. And that's one of the themes at the moment. Have a look at the chart of 10-year bond yield in the Marcus Morning section. Absolutely flying up again, well over 4%. Chances of a 75 basis point rate rise are locked in for November the 2nd. But for December, the December FOMC meeting, they went up from 64 to 74% overnight. And unfortunately, one of the themes we need to see is the US dollar peaking out, which it sort of did for a little bit last week, but US dollar up 0.7% overnight. So all those big macro themes we were hoping would turn just doing the opposite overnight and the market not liking it. Energy sector doing fabulously today. Two great stories there. The first is Woodside's production numbers. They've come out and kicked it out of the park, upgraded guidance. They're better than expected. Share price up 6.5%. Woodside on their own have added 12 points to the index today. And Leighton has written up a buy, hold, sell today in the newsletter. Have a look at that. And I entirely agree with the conclusion, this may be a good set of production numbers, and you'll probably see some upgrades tomorrow, maybe some upped recommendations and target prices, and the stock looks cheap, 17% yield, although there's no dividend until February. They have a December year end, so their full year results are in February, dividend in February. So you've got ages to wait till the dividend anyway, and I can tell you by then, the share price will have moved more than 17%, let alone the sort of 8% that dividend will pay. So it's a bit irrelevant. And the PE, 5.8 times. Now, I went to a lunch yesterday, very interesting, hosted by S.G. Hitchcock, which is a fund manager. And the presentation was given by the ex, very experienced head of Mercury Asset Management, who used to be my client. And this guy has since retired. I think he's a bit younger than me, but a renowned fund manager in Melbourne, very experienced institutional fund manager, gave a, gave a presentation and made a few really dazzling points. I'll write them up at some point. But one of the things he did say was something I thought only I knew, but clearly it is accepted amongst the industry that resources always peak when they look really, really cheap. He talked about a six times multiple and a 16% yield, and they always bottom out and are a buy when their PEs are astronomical and they're not yielding anything. And I know that be the case. You will never time resources on the back of fundamentals alone. They always reflect future commodity prices and they reflect commodity prices every day. And currently, almost 
spot on that fund manager's numbers, Woodside's on a PE of 5.8 times, in other words, six times, and on a yield of 17% instead of 16%. And if you have a look at the chart in Leighton's write-up, you'll see that it has a very close correlation with the oil price. And the oil price this year has peaked out around $136 a barrel and is now back to $86 a barrel. But Woodside has carried on going up. In that time, it's gone from 33 bucks to 36 bucks. So the correlation's broken down. At some point, it will reassert itself. And I'm almost entirely sure that at some point, this whole energy trade is going to top out. But Woodside squeezing the last ounce of performance out of its numbers with this set of production numbers, which of course is the first set of production numbers, including the BHP assets. So of course, there are huge gains. And the stock's trading at the top end of its most recent or this year's trading range, which has been sort of $30 to $36, currently $34.67. I think it's set up to be a sell and I would not hang in there because of a 17% yield or a PE of 5.8. As I say, there's no dividend until February next year. The share price will be completely different by then. I think there's a, a risk that the energy sector at some point starts to take on fears of recession, which is not good for the oil price, as opposed to a temporary premium thanks to the Ukraine war. And it could all unfold and it will unfold if the, certainly from a relative point of view, it will unfold if the market starts to go up. Woodside, oil stocks, coal stocks have been the only trade in town whilst the market's been going down recently. And the moment the market starts to go up, there will be much more sexy things to play than a crowded trade that everybody knows about. Anyway, I would let, I wouldn't be selling Woodside today. I'd let the positive vibe wash over it for a few days, see what the broker research says tomorrow. Maybe there'll be a step change in the share price. But I can't help thinking that at some point we're getting close to a sell on Woodside and the whole energy complex rather than a buy. Now, the other very interesting story today is Novanix is up 11.7%. Cira Resources is up 14.1%. Piedmont Lithium is up 8.3%. And this comes on the back of the US Department of Energy. The US Department of Energy putting out $2.8 billion worth in grants to 20 companies under the bipartisan infrastructure law to boost domestic manufacturing of electric vehicle batteries and components. Syrah is getting $220 million US dollars, S-Y-R to you and I. Novanix is getting $150 million US dollars. Piedmont Lithium, P-L-L, is getting $142 million. And Lake Resources, which is up a little bit today, L-K-E, with its partner, is receiving $50 million for its lithium extraction technology. Anyway, all good for that sector. And one of the features of the day in an otherwise fairly featureless day. On the back of the Woodside numbers, the energy sector, the best performer today by a mile, up 3.1%. And unfortunately for us, because we've got technology in the strategy portfolio, we've got the ATEC ETF, which is over the Alltech index. The Alltech index down 3.7% today. Gold also, gold sec down 2.5% today. And interest rate sensitive sectors like REITs also at the bottom of the performance table down 1.8% today. Banks doing okay again, down just 0.2%. My fund manager friend yesterday was saying he doesn't hold the banks, they're income stocks, they're not growth stocks. And whilst they've had a good performance, up about 10% in the last couple of weeks, on these net interest margins, which have widened and created 5 to 10% upgrades from brokers, despite that, it's a bit of a jump change rather than a trend. But it is good news for anyone who holds the banks for income. It makes them solid holds for income with the results season coming up. And you can see the diary in the Marcus Morning section 
October the 27th, we've got ANZ and Macquarie results with Westpac and NAB to follow. In Henry's take today, you might just have a look at that. He writes up, he was writing from the airport, he's written up a few stocks that were mentioned or presented at the microcap conference yesterday that he thought were quite interesting. I spoke yesterday, there were 27 companies that presented. I think 21 of them had a market cap less than 100 million. One of them hasn't made a dollar despite being in existence for 20 20 years, but there were two or three good ones. Henry picks them out in his section today. On the strategy front, we have seen a good but unconvicted bounce in the US markets and our market over the last week or so. I think I'd describe it as unconvincing at this stage and without much in the way of a macro backdrop improvement. So hard to be too bullish or confident. The elements that have driven this bounce are a bit thin on the ground. Uh, Fed rates aggression is in the price. Surely they can't get more aggressive. No one seems to be able to find a better excuse than that at the moment for the recent bounce. There was also a short covering rally, which does suggest that in sentiment terms, this short bet is probably at its limits. If shorts are very quick to cover, then it does suggest sentiment is perhaps as bad as it can get. And that short covering rally has probably prompted a bit of FOMO, but no relief on inflation. You probably saw the UK inflation number of 40-year high last night and the 10-year bond yield in the US still rising. So can't feel too confident. We're getting nailed again in our strategy and ideas portfolios overnight. But I have looked through today. Have a look at the strategy section. I've looked through some market charts and sector charts. The NASDAQ is back above its June lows and looking like it could possibly bounce, but blur your eyes. Sorry, but it's still in a solid downtrend. Same with the S&P 500, despite some short-term signs of basing. The ASX 200, though, that is looking like bouncing, but that is a function of the bank sector. And you really, whenever you look at the Australian market, you don't look at the ASX 200 index. You've got to look at the individual sectors. You'll see the bank sector doing fabulously. Resources still in downtrend. The all tech sector is showing some signs of bouncing, as is the real estate investment trust, the REIT sector. And we've got bets on all those in the strategy portfolio. And I've also put in charts of gold sector, which is, sorry, blur your rise, still in downtrend. Short term, it's been going up a little bit. And the energy sector, which I've talked about already, I think that is peaking out, still in uptrend though for the moment. So my conclusion today for themes is not convinced the bottom is here. The macro backdrop has yet to change. I'd be out of resources waiting for the big pivot point in the sector, which doesn't seem to be anytime soon. I'd be thinking about taking profits in energy, oil, coal. I'd be holding the banks for income. We're betting because we went a bit early. We've ended up betting on a market bottom until proven otherwise. Probably prefer to be in cash at the moment. We're betting on a tech bounce until proven otherwise. Betting on a real estate investment trust bounce as well until proven otherwise. And we're betting on gold, which was a bet based on the US dollar peaking out. But that looks a little bit premature at this point. So the mere fact that we got in and the market is bouncing a little bit means we're still in. But it's fickle stuff at the moment and quite a bit of low volume stuff. We've got a lot of things on the calendar. 
calendar. We've got the bank's results season coming up. We've got loads of results out of the US. Probably saw Netflix had results late last night and we're up 13%. Sorry, late on Tuesday night and we're up 13% yesterday. Loads more results coming out next week from big tech stocks. We've got jobs numbers in Australia today. Don't think they're going to push the market around much. RBA meeting November the 1st, FOMC meeting November the 2nd. A bit croaky today. Sorry about that, everyone. But in Henry's absence, I was forced to the microphone. I will be away tomorrow and next week. I'll leave you in the hands of my capable team. You have a fabulous day. Henry will be back with the end of day podcast later today. (laughs) Thank you.